So um, uh, I tried everything to stop my drug addiction, medication, self-willpower, and uh, I thank the Lord to just uh, let me stand up here and let you know there is hope if you battle in drug addiction or anything, because God is that powerful. He's our almighty God. And... Um, And, you know, so, you know, I thought, well, I got out of prison. I'm going to be free. But you don't be free. The only freedom is through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, I am so blessed that where I'm at, the 180, I have people surround me. And uh, um, so I'm a little nervous. But, uh, I mean, I came from a prison cell, and I'm standing up here. I'm so blessed to be standing in front of all you good people, Lord's people. And uh, th thank you. Thank you. And, um, so uh, I don't know what to say. God got me speechless. I'm not usually speechless now. <laughs> but uh, it's truly a blessing. I I'm telling you, um, I mean... I, through getting to know my Lord, huh? Okay, I got to get coached like the president. But uh, <laughs> uh, so um, I'm asking the Lord to help me to help other people like the Lord has helped me and put plenty of people that was praying because there was a lot of people praying for me, and I thank each and every one of them. And uh, so maybe I could give back because the Lord came. <laughs> Uh, not to be served, but to serve, right? So I thank the Lord for that privilege, and I thank every one of you out here. Thank you. Hey, I just want to add that, uh, you know, Tommy, you did well, by the way. Uh, but uh, to know Tommy is to really love Tommy. And he came like a broken dude, man, who didn't know right from wrong or up from down. And God has really transformed his life. And uh, I, I hope you got that from what he was saying because uh, he's a funny guy and uh, he'll laugh in the, in the, in the, in the, in the presence of uh, uncomfortability, if you will. But uh, he's learned a lot. He's, he's been an instrument in God's hands and, and, and a tool for many to see. And what's amazing is that God can take someone from being in a jail cell to stand here in front of you and thank you. Thank you. And to be honest with you, all of us have been in prison, right? And we've all been set free. So none of us are different. Okay, Jay, I think you might know this guy. Good morning. So my testimony's a little bit like this. So many years ago, I served God. Jeremiah is known as the crying prophet, so bear with me. A little God in me, and I'm a crying saint. So I served God, and I walked away, and uh, ultimately, sin's fun for a season. And then it takes you to that place, you know, that miserable, broken death. And, uh, and that's where I wound up. And this, this, this last time around, it was just worse than it ever was. And uh, in the last couple of years, I was uh, involved in a, a raid in my house. 
by the police, but God had his hand on me. I was shot at in my truck nine times, but God had his hand on me. And uh, I overdosed twice, stopped breathing twice. But God, even in that pit, he still had his hand on me. Three months ago, I was at the end, you know. I was, I was just, I really felt like death was the way to go, you know. And I, I worked at Walmart, the new Walmart. I'm from Long Island. I worked from the, at the new Walmart. I was uh, security, busting shoplifters. That was fun. That's another story. <laughs> but uh, my sister, Kelly, picked me up to take me to work one morning. And I was up for like four days on a run. And um, all I could think about was dying. But God, so we, I lived down by Smith Point Beach, and um, we came up William Floyd Parkway. And for those of you who know the highway, there's lots of traffic lights. And all I could think about was jumping out of the car. But we had every traffic light on William Floyd Parkway. And the car wouldn't go over like 20 miles an hour. I wasn't trying to get maimed. I wanted to die. So, uh. When I got to Walmart, I said to my sister, again, but God, I said, I told her, I just want to die. I want to end it all. She's like, Jay, you have kids. And I turned my back on everybody. I already, I, I thought they would be better off. And she suggested, she's like, go to the 180. And I already served God. I was too prideful. I was like, there's no way. Like, how can I do that? But God had it, placed it in me that that was what I was supposed to do. And so I called Pastor Mike. I was like, Pastor Mike, I'm suicidal, I'm homicidal, I'm addicted, I'm desperate. He's like, well, you sound desperate. <laughs> and uh, he said, go read the, the rules and call me back. That was a little rough for a moment. They're a little extreme, but it's everything that I needed. So I read it, and then I call my three children up, and I tell them all, listen, I have to go away for a little while, you know, for a while and take care, do this. And I knew God was pulling me there. So um, I couldn't go back home, though. I just had to, I knew that I needed to just get in the car and go. So, so Kelly and I drive to the ferry and I'm sitting on line at the ferry. Fuck God. And the kid that I was doing, that I was with the whole week, the cops had the house surrounded with crime tape. He overdosed and died. It's crazy. And then I went to the 180 center kicking and screaming. I, I'm not going to lie. You know, I didn't. I, 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 it was, it's extreme. It's intense. It's personality clashing. But it's everything that I need. It's, it's set up perfectly. Thank you. Perfectly. And these people love on me. And my needs are met. And I actually, I, I have a, a, like, it's just me and God. And, and, and the trials, I'm learning how to get closer and what it's all about. And I'm sold out for God again. And I'll just finish with this quick story that, you know, prayer is the power. There's so many people praying for me all along. And even in that pit, God had his hand on me. Like, he's still, I could have died at any moment. Almost 30 years ago, 28 years ago, I was in Yapang Jail at 18 years old. <laughs> Story's crazy. And uh, I was 18 years old, mad at the world, tough as nails, the whole nonsense. And... I go to a visit, and two men come in to visit me. I've never seen them before in my life. And uh, all I really I, don't, I know that they prayed for me, which is the first time I was ever prayed for in my life. I never experienced prayer. 
but they made me hold their hands. I'm sitting there in jail, like, you're making me hold your hands. These men are making me hold their hands and set up where all the inmates are there. And it's just a total prideful thing. I didn't want to hold his hand, their hands. And then they left, and they left me a Bible. And I never thought about it again, really. I read the Bible. I had nothing else but time at the time. So I read the Bible a little bit. But none of that counted. But then when I got to the 180 Center, I was going somewhere. And um, uh, Pastor Frank had called Pastor Mike. And I realized that it was Pastor Mike and Frank Summers that visited me in jail that day. So I'm right where I belong. And God is good. You know, when he was telling me that story, I didn't remember it either until he started sharing it. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I do remember. Me and Pastor Frank went up there and we prayed, I think, because his mom asked us to. But uh, it's amazing how things go full circle. Amen? Wow, praise the Lord. Hey, uh, on Tuesday, um, our warming center starts. And as you saw some pictures there. Uh, it's challenging at best. Um, keeps me up a few times because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but the city called me on Friday morning, and, and maybe you can just keep this in prayer. But they said to me, you know, we have four warming centers, you being one of them. And uh, we really like what you do, not just at the warming center, but throughout the days. Because we're open seven days, you know, feeding and we have like two ministries in one, if you will. One would be the 18-month program for some, and one would be the people coming off the street, just coming for a cup of coffee, sitting for five minutes or sitting for five hours. So we're ministering to a lot of people that are coming and going also. But they said, we're going to have a, a press conference, and we'd like you to be the host of the press conference. And my first thought of these things are, because I don't, just don't like stuff like that. But I know, God, when he opens the door, we have to walk through these doors. Amen? And it's not just beneficial for me because you grow. It's beneficial for the people that are on the other end. So it's, it's beneficial for everyone to do their part in the kingdom. Amen? With that, um, with that, does that sound better? Uh, what time do I have to again? I always forget. They said they got till 2 o'clock. That's good. <laughs> I might not come back next year, but. All right. Uh, I've been doing, we've been coming back and forth, I don't know, five, six years now here. And uh, sometimes I feel like I have trouble conveying what I want to say. And I'm very simple. I don't make it complicated because God's simple. He really is. He's not complicated. You know, people who want to debate things, I don't really get involved with that. People who want to go really, really, really deep. And I'm not, nothing wrong with the Greek and all. I, I try to, that's not my arena. I, I just try to do what's before me. And I try to apply what God's given me. Amen? So with that said, my theme today for uh, Genesis is God uses ordinary people to do the extraordinary. You know, this is, this is my theme for life. And I'm, I'm only sharing this this morning because I am that ordinary guy that is just doing what God's called me to do one step at a time. There's nothing great about me at all. 
And some people think, well, that's a very humble statement. I'm telling you, you whatever you want to call it, it's me. I know what God does, and I just go back and go, whoa, this is cool. What's next? And I want to share this for the sake of not uplifting me, because it has nothing to do with me, uplifting Jesus, first of all. Second of all, to show you guys that you could be doing, I'm not saying you have to open up a place, but you could be doing exactly what God wants you to do. Maybe some of these are, but God always wants us to go deeper. Amen? I don't want to get ahead of myself. I might add this. God uses ordinary, messed up people to do the extraordinary. Because I still am a mess. I still got things that I've been fighting since I met Jesus in 1984. That's 38 years ago, and I still have things that are still attached that I can't seem to get a hold on. So I call myself a messed up person holding on to Jesus' arm and hand. Amen? I want to talk about some other messed up people in the Bible that you'll, you'll know. Moses. It's in Exodus. A murderer and a runaway. But God used him. David. This is my favorite. In Samuel. An adulterer. A murderer. And didn't become truthful for almost a year. And that's only because he got confronted by somebody who tricked him into a story. That's David, a, God, a man after God's own heart. Did all those things, and he's, like, no, he, he's number one on Jesus' list. What? This is one of those things that you can't go from just what you see on the outside because God doesn't go on the outside. He looks on the inside, right? Peter, who denied Jesus after his big speech, I'm, coming to, I'm going to go to the end with you. Jesus who? And I think he added a couple F words in there in the middle of it all, just to make sure that they didn't associate him with Jesus. And Paul, the one who crucified the church, if you will, Christians, right? These are the people that God used and I know what this, I, I share that with you because that gives me great hope. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I keep on looking at my, my stuff, and, and I look at these guys who, who uh, come into the ministry. I know what God wants to do with them. I know what God wants to do with you. But we do have a part, and I'll get to that in a minute. Let me show you from my perspective again, I'm very simple, of a conversation of me and God interviewing me for the job, if you will. Um, God, the only qualifications you need is that you're ordinary. That's me. God, perfect. Next, what I need from you at this point is just to listen, to learn, and surrender. And of course, with my help always, this is God saying this to me and you. And I say, I'm in. Anything else? Well, the only thing that's left is for you to know that you'll never, ever be able to do it on your own. And you're going to make a lot of mistakes. That's me again. This is pretty simple. Now, we, look, we, we try to do things 
for the sake of doing things, and we think we got to be perfect. Don't you remember that we couldn't, the Old Testament was all about people trying to do it on their own, and it couldn't happen. So God says, i got to come up with a different plan. Hmm, I'm going to give you my son. So every time you make a mistake and every time you mess up, I'm going to fill in with some grace and some mercy. And that's how we get to where we are today. Because we can't do this on our own, only through him, only through the blood of Christ. Amen? I said, anything else, God? He says, one more thing. Just enjoy it while you're doing it. You know, we forget. Sometimes we do things and we're like, do I, do I have to enjoy this? Now, 90% of the things I do today, I enjoy. There's 10% that I would like to give away sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's in the consistency where God loves for us to be. You know, when things sometimes get a little challenging, and they do when you're doing what God's asking, it's still simple. And it's still easy, but sometimes it's a little challenging. It's challenging for me to come up here and share this with you. But how do we grow? It's going to be through the challenges that God puts us in. And then we look back and we go, wow, you did it again. And then you, your faith gets built and built and built. I love when the guys come through the program. And I gotta be, I'm going to be really honest with you. When they come through, some of them I go, this guy ain't going to make it. Now, I'm the leader. What great hope they got. This guy, this guy he'll, I'll give him a day or two. And I got to tell you, God always says, shut up. I got it. And I go, I know, Lord. It's just my, 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 my frailty, if you will, my flesh, that we like to see where people are at. Of course they're messes. Of course it doesn't look like they're going to make a day. But they do. And then they make two. And then they make three, and then one week, and then two weeks, and three weeks, and all of a sudden, God's got a rhythm going with them. Amen? As he has a rhythm going with us when he asks us to do things. Remember the theme. God uses ordinary people to do the extraordinary. And also remember, we're sitting where we were sitting, Ginny and I, and this is, this is to give you a little more of a, we were sitting where you were sitting, listening to your pastor for a decade, back in the day. Just ordinary people, going to church. God put some challenges ahead of us, put some desires in us, and we kept on saying yes. And we kept on listening, we kept on learning, and we kept on surrendering. No one likes that word surrendering, right? Nobody likes the word surrendering. You know what I found out with the word surrendering? And this is, again, this is my revelation. And you might hear me say it a whole lot of times, but it wasn't my story, but really it's a good story. You know, we have a little teddy bear that God wants because he has a plan for it. And we hold it so tight that we don't want to give it up. Anybody have one of those teddy bears? Oh, you don't have to tell me now. You can tell me later. But God has a huge teddy bear be behind him that he's just waiting to give us as soon as we give him our little teddy bear. That's what God wants to do for us. When we get caught up in our own little simple world of flesh, and we think that my teddy bear is so nice, I don't want to give it. My biggest problem is comfortability at times, by the way. And every time I get comfortable, God switches it up a little bit. Like we're going to go into a season of 
Warming center. Oh, great. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But it's a challenge. You know, I look at my phone every morning when I wake up, and I go, okay, no Texas last night. That's good. Amen? But there's nothing else like it. Absolutely nothing else like following what God's calling you to do. All right, I'm going to go for a very quick version of, of Ginny and I's life to bring you up to speed of how we got to and where we got to today. The theme for my life wasn't what I just shared with you, ordinary people do the extraordinary. The theme for my life, you won't amount to anything in this life. And that was through loving parents but didn't know any better. That was through role models, teachers, just stuff. They didn't really say it, but you just knew there was a theme. And then I just had to go prove a point, and I stayed in second grade twice. That didn't help. I enjoyed it so many times. At the age of 24, I accepted Jesus and became a businessman in Long Island for about 20 years. And I did okay. Even with that theme, you're not going to amount up to anything. I'm going to explain that to you. Here's the part that you don't get. Just because we met Jesus doesn't mean everything goes away. Now, he can, and I'll never put a limit on what God can do. But I've seen more so than not that process and it's a process. So even as I'm doing my new life, I still am carrying some old baggage. And God says, give it to me every day. Just give it to me. And there's times I'm doing life, and I feel like I'm not going to amount up to anything. When you have those bad days, when things start falling apart, and you're thinking, they're right. I'm not going to amount up to anything. But I kept on having one year on Jesus at all times. And then on the other year, I was fighting some of those things to keep on doing what God's called me to do. At age 44, 20 years later, we went to a, a missionary school called YWAM. Maybe some of you know, the Youth with a Mission. And it was a six-month program for my wife and I and our two kids. It was a big step because we had to be gone for six months. I had bills, you know, we lived in Blue Point and... Uh, but God says, you know, I'd like you to, to uh, you know, what I resist the most is really where, where, where God is always at. And I didn't want to go. And I was thinking, well, they have their centers all over the United States, and we were going to go to Pennsylvania. But that didn't work out because they had no places for our kids. The only place they had for our kids was Hawaii. And that sounds real rough. But believe you me, I'd rather be in Pennsylvania because it was closer to New York. And Hawaii would seem like it was so far for three months and then two, two and a half months in New Zealand as an outreach. And it sounded fun, but we weren't there for fun, so to speak. We were there because God wanted us to learn. Listen, learn, sacrifice. You want to know the first week I was there, God showed me something in the extraordinary in an extraordinary way, and I won't go into it for the sake of time, but that broke, that old theme of mine broke. You won't amount up to anything. You won't amount. It broke. I became, just God had a timing for me and you for those things to go, but we can't get off the path that he's put us on. We got to continue the path that he's put us on, and if you're comfortable 
That's nice. nothing wrong with being comfortable. But you got to be a little uncomfortable at times, too. Because I heard if you're comfortable, then you really don't need God too much, right? In, in, in areas. But if you're uncomfortable, it's like, okay, God, we're doing this together. So I'm not saying you have to be uncomfortable. But even when you're uncomfortable, you're, so, you're still comforted by the, the comforter. How's that one? <laughs> at age 45... And this is not for everyone, so please don't try this at home. But me and Ginny sold our house in Blue Point, and we went to Connecticut, not really knowing what was going to happen. I don't even know how, you know, I know how I did it. It was the Lord, it was the Holy Spirit, but I look back thinking, what, was I crazy? But God moved us to Connecticut, and uh, for the next four years, I just listened, I just learned, and I just gave God what he wanted when he asked for it. See, that's the good thing about God. Only when he asks for something will you have to give it to him. If he's not asking, enjoy. If he is asking, he's got something better. That's the part you, got, you have to understand. He has something better. He's not trying to hurt us. He's trying to help us to grow in him. You know, someday we're going to be in his presence 24-7. Amen. And he's trying to get us ready for that day more than this day. Because this day, and, and for the older people like myself, this day goes by quick. You know, Pastor did a message a while back. It was called the fourth quarter. I still use it. I'm, I'm entering the fourth quarter. I'm like, oh. And the, fir and the first three quarters went very quick. You know, fourth quarter, one more quarter left. Now, that could sound a little depressing or it could sound a little exciting. Because what I read, I believe, and I do believe we're going to be with him in eternity, living with him in peace and harmony. I do believe that with all my heart. I hope you do. Age 45 to 49, I told you it was quiet home, quiet time. Age 50 to 54, I was just kept on helping wherever there was a need. Whatever God had. I was there. We were there. We're trying to just do what God's called us to do. And at age 54, which is only about eight years ago, we, uh, the 180 Center came alive through uh, many, of, many different events. And uh, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. And I want to go back to my theme. God uses ordinary people like myself with messes to do the extraordinary That's why I love to do what I do. Broken, lie to people, thinking that they're nobodies. When God says they're somebodies. I love that at the 180 Center. They come in like broken, which is where we all should stay. And then God does his, what he does, and they start coming alive. They start flourishing. Now, I'm not going to say there's no pebbles in the roads or no stumbling going on. There are those days for some of the guys. But I got to tell you, out of all the graduates, every one of them is connected in some type of way still at the 180 Center over the last eight years. And it's not because of the 180 Center. Please hear me. It's because once you know the truth, it's hard to go anywhere else. You know, once you know the truth, you can't. You could go try to play with some of those old toys of yours, 
but it's not, you're never going to feel the same you, like you did before you knew Christ. When he puts a light on things, you can try to use them again, but it's, you're not going to get the same out of it. Amen? God has a plan, and it includes everyone, not just some. Everyone who says yes. Everyone. You know, there's days I fight doubt in some of the things I do. You know, that building that you just saw, we got it for a dollar in 2019. And I don't, I, you know, again, I'm going to just share a little bit. I, what am I going to do with this thing? This is a mess. It's absolutely mess. I mean, there's trees growing inside, the roof, the water. I mean, it was a mess. But God says, trust me. And I said, I'll try. I mean, I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm looking at it with my eyes saying, this is a mess. I thank you for the gift. Plus, it had $200,000 worth of environmental issues. What? You know what? Let me say this to you. I don't know. I still, I mean, I know it's God, but I'm, I'm walking through this, and my, I'm in contract or whatever you want to call it at that time, and the, and the lawyer says, got good news for you. He says they changed the environmental laws just like in the last week. And the, the things that affected that building, they don't, it doesn't affect that building no more. I was like, what? You see, the only thing you got to do is like $5,000 worth of taking an oil tank out and, you know, removing it or something. That was it. But now I get this thing. The lady was sort of getting rid of it because of all the environmental issues. I said to my lawyer, we probably should let her know. Because she might want it back. I, I just felt that was the right thing to do, you know. And we did. And she goes, no, I don't want it back. Thank you, but thank you. <laughs> but God's good. How did I know $200,000 worth of environmental issues was going to go away? Uh, if I would have stuck what I, what I was seeing, just like God sees us, broken, if he would, just see, if he would say, there ain't no use for you, sorry, sweetie, no, he keeps on doing what he does because he knows the potential in each and every one of us. And, I, you know, just my little two cents of what I do at the 180 Center, I see a glimpse of what he sees. You know, people say, and I'll say, no, you, you're looking in the wrong spot. Look at the heart. Don't look on the outside. Look at the heart. And we all do it, right? I just did it a couple, I just did it uh, yesterday. I was telling a story. I forgot what it was, but... so. Somebody was saying something, and you know, you do like a little judging screen. You know, you don't even know you're doing it. It's just, oh, that's, and you're like, okay. And God says, stop that. I said, stop what? You just did a little screen judge. I said, you're right. And you know what? I was wrong. I don't remember the details, but I was wrong. Whatever I was thinking in my, so we got to be careful. We got to be careful. If you know people's stories, if you know their stories. You, you, it'll change your life. I had a guy who, almost done. I had a guy who uh, came into the ministry, and he was on Facebook not too long ago, and uh, he graduated our program, but he, he, he gets stuck with politics. And uh, he was bad-mouthing all the politics stuff that's going on there. And I already talked to him once before about it, but I, I brought him to my office uh, last week, and I said, you know, we're doing it again. I said, you know, you could do what you want. You're a grown man. I'm just letting you know, you teach here. You know, I know you don't bring it to the church, but 
you know, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. And then he started sharing this story with me that when he was younger, uh, he went to prison at 18. And when he was in prison, the government uh, seized his grandmother's and grandfather's house who was raising him. He says, and God's starting to show him that it's because of that he has a thing with the government. He's starting to realize that it's not per se the government. And I'm sure if they seized his house, it was for a reason. But he was taken, he has so much a root there that anything the government decides to do that he just, bah. So if you would see it on Facebook, you'd be like, what's the matter with him? But if you heard his story, you'd be like, ah, oh, there it is. So we got to give grace to each other, amen? Because everybody's got a story. Everyone that comes through my doors, it's very easy to see a good portion of their story. Everyone who comes here, sometimes we could be a little more, you know, we could be a little more hidden and not, not know the full story. But always err on grace. You can never go wrong. Amen? So God uses ordinary people to do the extraordinary. And our part is always, always, never changes, is to listen, to learn, surrender what he wants at that moment. Amen? God bless you.